Hello, and welcome to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. I'm your host, Chris Desmond. This is a show where I get to chat with cool people doing interesting things. They inspire me, and hopefully you, to get out of our comfort zones through their actions and ideas. We also get to hear about some of the uncomfortable situations that they've been in and how they got through them. Today's guests are Marie Fitzpatrick and Nick Murray from Good Bitches Baking. Now about two years ago, they decided to try and make the world a little less shitty by baking treats for people having a tough time, and Good Bitches Baking was born. They've grown from what they initially envisioned as a couple of people in Wellington helping out, to having over a thousand volunteers across many parts of New Zealand. And it's really been the case of having the tiger by the tail for most of this time. Now, if you hadn't realized from the charity name, Nick and Marie are pretty hard case. So there's a bit of hilarity in the episode. If you also hadn't realized by the name, Nick and Marie are a little bit sweary too. They describe themselves to me as occasionally awesome, but probably the sweariest people that they know. Uh, So just bear that in mind when you're listening to the episode. Today in our chat, you'll hear about the desire to not feel helpless and what to do about it, how little moments of kindness can have massive influences, realizing that you're onto something so much bigger than you anticipated, conscious decisions to just let yourself become overwhelmed, Um, But also, almost in contrast, giving yourself permission to not do it all. Now, this is just a little part of the story of the journey of Good Bitches Baking. Some of the challenges, some of the oh shit moments, some of the fun times, and taking back the power of a word. So thanks for taking the time to get uncomfortable with us today. If you like what you hear, make sure to share this episode out with something, someone that you think that will enjoy it so that you too can help make the world a little bit more delicious and a little bit less shitty. Thank you for inviting us. Oh, that's all right. Thanks for taking the time to, to have a catch up. It's been a little while in the, in the, in office, the making, but it's, it's all good. We got there in the end. Yeah, we have, we have, and we've dragged you out of work for it as well, <laughs> uh, which I'm actually know, quite happy about. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice break. It's a nice break. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so we're here today to have a little bit of a chat about Good Bitches Baking, but first, who is Nick and who is Marie? Can you guys give us a little bit of background about <laughs> yourselves for the listeners? Maybe an introduction of whose voice is who as well that you're listening to. <laughs> well, I'm Marie um, and uh, Nick and I have been friends for 
at least 13 years, um, so quite a while now, um, and we've worked together off and on in a whole bunch of different capacities, so that's that's how we've sort of known each other. Um, I sound Australian, but I'm not. Um, I'm actually a Kiwi, but I went to high school and university in Australia, which is why I have a slightly mangled accent, and I have two, I'm married to Rob, and I have two children who are 13 and 8. Cool. And I like swearing. Good, good. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Nick. I'm. Um, what am I? Awesome. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Don't want to use labels. Uh, occasionally, awesome. Um, Genuinely, the cleverest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the sweariest, other, yeah. other than you. Uh, so I live in Wellington. Um, I am self-employed. I do lots of work, mostly around behaviour change and safety, um, bleeding heart, trying to change the world. Annoying feminist person. Yeah, that seems fair. Cool. <laughs> I drink a lot of wine as well. We both do. That's actually why we're here today because we both got drunk together. <coughs> and that's the dangerous bit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I think that probably leads into the next question reasonably well. Uh, what, what is Good Bitches Baking and, and how did the idea come about for it? Well, um, Good Bitches Baking is a, a charity. Um, we have a network all over New Zealand of chapters who bake for people in their community that are having a tough time. The, um, the idea behind it and the thing that makes it work is that um, on a shishy day where you just don't think you can get through, a little moment of kindness from a stranger can be enough to lift you through that day and and get you through the day that you thought you couldn't get through, uh, and that helps you get through the next one. And a moment of respite in an otherwise crappy situation yeah or a moment of sweetness as we call it because it's baking um so it's a group of people men and women and children um who just want want to do something uh to make things better in their community and they just happen to to like doing it by baking cakes and treats and things for strangers and we provide them the the framework and the the network to do that that's pretty much it in a nutshell how it came about was <laughs> we were horrifically drunk. Um, <laughs> Pink bubbles are dangerous. And kind of just yarning, as you do, about the shittiness of the world, uh, which at the time it just seemed in Wellington that things were getting shittier. And um, kind of the, the worst feeling in the world is feeling helpless, so we wanted to not feel helpless and to like actually do anything, something. Anything um, at all. Something about it. And... Uh, recently, before that conversation, um, uh, my family had been dealing with uh, our young nephew having cancer, which was quite sort of traumatic. And I'd sort of noticed through that how much of a difference very, very tiny gestures made. Um, as an example, I'd been crying in the bathroom at work for about half an hour and thought that I was going to have to go home. And came out and there was a coffee and a warm scone on my desk that someone had gone and just put there because they'd obviously seen that I'd run out upset. And I was just so touched that, and I don't even know who did it, I was just so touched that someone would do that that um, I actually managed to stay at work and, and complete a productive day. So in our drunken state... <laughs> that story um, came out. That story, everything's shitty, why don't we try and kind of build on that idea and... And bake things for, for people. So we did. And 
Good Bitches Baking was born that evening that we the name came up that night because it was like, well, you're a good bitch and I'm a good bitch, so let's call it Good Bitches Baking. And initially we <laughs> we just thought we were going to get together a group of our friends. We thought there may be like, be like a dozen people. Um, and, you know, we delivered yeah. to Wellington Ref- Women's Refuge and maybe Ronald McDonald House. Because we like them. That, was, that would be it. And within we put a post on Facebook and, and within 24 hours – we had like 30 odd people signed up and strangers signing up. So we, I remember the first stranger that signed up, both of us were like frantically texting each other going, who is this person? Oh my God, I don't know her either. Holy shit, what have we done? You know, uh, so there was this kind of, but within that moment and probably within the next 48 hours after that, when more and more people continued to sign up, um, we realized that we were, we were onto something much bigger than we'd initially anticipated. Mm. And, we kind of looked at each other and went, well, this is too good an opportunity to pass up, so let's just roll with it and see what yeah. happens. And roll with it we have. Yeah. Two two and a bit years later, it's out of control. Did that, did that scare you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, um, if you look back at our text conversations at the time, it, it's yeah. probably quite telling, you know, yeah. of the terror. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who's massively introverted, that first moment of a stranger saying, yeah, I want to be part of this, just freaked yeah. me out completely. Mm. I'm like, what? You, <laughs> I want to talk to strangers. <laughs> well, did you kind of have a, an idea? You thought, oh man, I, I just might shy away from this. Maybe this is maybe this is too big. Um, not at that point, but um, because we kind of thought that it would be controllable, you know, because mm. Wellington's not that big. And I think we were still, you know, full of rampant idealism <laughs> at that point, and the pragmatism yeah. hadn't quite kicked in. Yeah. Um, but there, there was a point where. And it was it was pretty early on, like maybe six weeks after we'd started in Wellington, that um, we first got an approach from another city asking if we could set up there, and and that was a bit of a holy shit, mm. um, maybe we should stop moment, um, and that that was the moment that we actually could have controlled yeah. this thing, and we made a conscious choice not to. Mm-hmm. Um, because by that stage we were getting all of this incredible feedback from our volunteers about how much it meant to them to not feel helpless. Um, and from our recipients. Yeah. About who knew a piece of cake could make such a difference to somebody's yeah. day and in their life in general, which is, you know, yeah. ridiculous really when you think it's just a piece of bloody cake. Um, yeah, just people saying that it, you know, kind of brought them to tears, the idea that someone cared about their happiness enough to to make them a cake um and we just kind of thought given um how much sorrow and sadness there is out there in the world how could we pass up the opportunity to to help people do something about it and so it was a moment of fuck it let's do it yeah (laughs) a, a, a conscious decision to just like be overwhelmed, I guess. Um, and then and we really were overwhelmed. Have been overwhelmed since then. <laughs> Still very – a testament to that is how long it's taken you to actually finally pin us down <laughs> to talk to you about this. That, that kind of gives you an indication of how overwhelmed we actually are. Yeah, no, no, you guys have been good, this, this one. Uh, we, when did we set this date? Back in December, yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. A good seven or eight yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> that's, that's cool, and it almost, it almost fell through. <laughs> Which is why I'm, I'm well. working today and we're in my office. <laughs> yeah. um, cool. So the, there's been a couple of scary times along the way in terms of this is just kind of snowballing, but it's been sort of the, the positive feedback from the 
the volunteers feeling less help helpless and from the people that you that you guys are, are helping and delivering to about just making their life less shitty mm. more that's more it delicious. in a nutshell more delicious, more delicious. Yeah. less shitty yeah <laughs> that's perfect we should adopt that as our <laughs> new motto yeah, you can take that one um very cool and have that, those kind of uh those times that you've just kind of gone, oh, shit, along the way, have they been quite frequent or are they few and far between? Um, I'd say quite frequent. Yeah. Um, the the growth that we've had has just been, like, literally out of control. Um, we started two years ago with, like, a handful of people in one chapter and we've now got... Well over a 1,000. 1,000 volunteers, volunteers. about... Um, 13. 13 chapters actually working at the moment and another five in the process of forming. And there's been various points along the way where the number of chapters has kind of grown um, and the, the support that they need to set up um, has been too much for us to cope with. Um, or even, our, even our capacity to kind of service their needs to set up and, and be supportive it's just not been there at certain points and we felt yeah. really shit about it, but it's, you know, you can't do everything mm. at um, once. And we, we run this charity in our spare time. Um, you know, we, we both work full time and have, have other things that we need to, to get done in our lives. Um, and just the, there are only so many hours in the day. <laughs> I think, I think there was a couple of points where we've both had to give ourselves permission to, to not do it all that, you know, like that's, Definitely, there's been a couple of kind of key moments um, where it's just all built up to the point where, you know, tears and, you know, craziness and kind of almost par- paralysis, certainly for me. Um, and and then it's like, no, you know, we can only give it what we can give it. And and other people have stepped up often in those situations yeah. and, and helped us out when we've kind of been paralysed yeah. by fear. Yeah, when you get to that point, uh, do you... Have you kind of actively reached out for help from people, or other people have just kind of looked in and seen but where you're both. at? And we've had no shortage of people who want to help. Um, what's been interesting is the kind of translating wanting to help into actually helping um, mm. isn't always easy, and um, because everyone's a volunteer, they kind of only have a few hours per week to spend. So you sort of end up with twenty people doing a couple of hours a week, which if you're trying to help them and support them and kind of keep them on track and on, mm. on brand, it actually makes were, more work. It's um, yeah. quite a lot of work in itself. So sometimes the help isn't helpful. Yeah, which is a horrible <laughs> thing to say and it's, yeah. a, it's a terrible catch-22, but it's very much the truth, you know, and it's that classic, I mean, we've all experienced it in our working yeah. lives where it's just quicker for you to do the thing than teach somebody else how to do the thing so that you they can then take that pressure off you. You know, like sometimes it's just – I'll just do it because I can. But then yeah. you actually do need to spend the time to teach somebody to do it because then you don't have to do it in the future. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of not fair to, um, you know, ask someone for help and then not give them the things that they need to provide you with that help because, mm. you know, then they just end up feeling awful about about the experience as well. So um, we're always kind of mindful that we don't want to turn anyone off volunteering by, by not having experience. a good time with us. Mm. So... We could get more help if we if we wanted to, 
but we actually don't have the capacity to, <laughs> it's, it's, to cope it's with a it. Genuine it's catch a, twenty-two. It's a fucked up situation. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, it's been a an evolving process, and it's been very challenging at at times. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've that you've faced along the way? Um, I think. I think when we sort of made the decision to expand beyond Wellington, um, we probably should have controlled that growth a little bit better um, to manage our own capacity yeah. um, and, you know, be able to give more support to each chapter as it's set up. Um, we kind of opened the, the floodgates flood gates and, and just thought... And did it flood in, you know, it definitely flooded yeah, in. Just, just thought we'd deal with it. And, you know, we did deal with it, but it was it was difficult. Um and we probably didn't deal with it as well as we could have. But on the other side of it, um, we sort of didn't want to limit people's opportunity to to change their communities just by our capacity. Mm. So, um, you know, we we felt uncomfortable with the idea that there were all of these people around the country wanting to do it, and we were going, "No, we're not ready for you." So we just kind of <laughs> we just kind of went, "Yeah, come on." <laughs> Come in, we'll figure it out as we and, go. And that was, you know, well over a year ago now, and we're we're still kind of cleaning up the 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 kind of chaos yeah. that that, that yeah. ensued. And and you know, for the most part, things are fine. Um, but you know that that, that there is a lot more relationship management that everyone's muddled through. To, yeah, you know, and mm. the chapters have established, and they are doing a great job. Um, so but everything was alright in the end. Doing better. But yeah, it, <laughs> it wasn't always fun getting there. No, looking back, would you have changed your approach at all to it? Mm, possibly. I mean, you don't really. It's it's again, it's one of those things. You know, the floodgates open and and the, the people swarm in. Mm. Um, so, if you, it's about resource, and it, for us, it's it's a you know, it's been about you know volunteer resource, and you know, we've just explained that that's not always easy to to manage. Um, so. You know, our intention now, we're just, you know, sold a cookbook so that we can employ someone. The, you know, we're working really hard towards a goal of having somebody whose job it is to do this instead of whose, you know, voluntary job it is, which is a fundamental difference. Mm. And a year and a half ago, we didn't have that capacity. You know, we weren't even a registered charity a year and a half ago. So, you know, I don't think we could have changed it, um, even 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 though you know yes we would have had somebody employed and and they would have organized all of that marvelously for us well actually no because we wouldn't have had the funding to do that then anyway and as it is you know we're only just scraping our way into the kind of right levels of funding for somebody for 6 months now so i, I don't know if we could have changed a hell yeah, of a lot and like I, th- I think we did a whole lot of things right so we didn't let any chapters <coughs> excuse me form until we had a really good handle on how to run a chapter and um one summer holiday, I I sat down and wrote an operations manual. <laughs> not something I ever imagined myself doing. So I'm not really that kind of girl. But um, and it's you know, operations. Manual. <laughs> you know, until we actually had this is the way to do it, and this is what good looks like, and this is what we expect from people, so that we weren't kind of just going, um, you know, try to figure it out yourselves and and understand what was going on in, in our brains. Um, so we did make a choice to um, to delay until we were at that point of of actually having things written down and proper roles and responsibilities and things like that. And that helped enormously mm. that, you know, to some extent a chapter could operate um, mm. relatively autonomously um, 
I don't think it was necessarily that nice for them to have to figure everything out on their own. But but they but, had the information if they needed it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was all there. They they could just follow the recipe. Yeah. So it was we, all of the stuff that you had learnt along the way. Yeah, you, yeah. You, yeah. from the all Wellington of, chapter. Yeah, yeah. All of the templates, all of the processes, like mm. all actually written down. And I think if we hadn't done that, we would have been seriously in the shit, but... That made um, a huge difference, and the yeah. and the onboarding process for potential head bitches and who you know who will head up another chapter, um, you know that was part of that process yeah. um, at the time, and that we keep that today. And the, you know, there's a sort of three stage terrify them process. You know, it's a strategy of scaring them off because we want them to understand what they're signing up for mm. and how much work it's going to be. So having that kind of yeah. filters filters a few of the the tire kickers out too, which is helpful yeah we figure that you know if if after a serious attempt to scare you off you're still not scared off you're probably mad enough to do it probably the right person <laughs> you know who, who can see things through and and ride the the difficulties that there are mm. it sounds like it's been a quite a massive learning process for you guys mm. along the way as well and i mean i think with any with any venture that when you when you start off with them there's a whole lot of stuff that you don't know but you actually don't know that you don't know no. it until it's actually until it's happening, and then it's too late. So it's an interesting question now. And actually, looking back, would you would you change anything? And often it's not possible to because uh, yeah. you, what you know now, yep. you didn't know a year or yeah, two, exactly. two years ago. Yep. Yeah. Mm, so you guys have you guys have just brought out a, uh, a, cookbook. a cookbook. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, that's Nick's fault. That is, that is entirely my fault. Um, got this really bad habit of, like, when we're in the middle of doing something stressful, um, I think my way of coping with that is to decide to do something else. I think, I think Nick's oh. at her creative best in a really highly stressful situation, so she thinks of the next great thing <laughs> in that crisis at the time. Um, so we were in the middle of uh, doing a Wellington on a Plate event last year, which um, – was really exciting. It was the first time we'd done anything of that sort. It was it was really cool, um, but it was quite intense. And I don't know why, but I just one morning put on social media, if we made a cookbook, would anyone buy it? And it kind of just all went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> of people saying, like, what have you done? Yes! <laughs> at last, at last. Ask you that first, Marie. No, no, I just, oh, <laughs> fuck. Oh, this has gone viral. And then we thought, oh, shit. <laughs> Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? Probably have to do it now. <laughs> um, so we gathered together a whole bunch of people who were excited by the idea and wanted to help us. And, and they um, us. other than uh, one person who's my friend Bex um, up in Auckland who's an editor, none of us had ever made a book before, so we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and we just we, made that up as we were pretty good well. at making shit up. Uh, so we released the cookbook. Um, before Christmas, and we've all just but, about sold all out but of sold out. the first print run. Awesome! Yeah, it's cool, and um, everyone donated their their time and services for free with that. Um, there's a little design um, agency here in Wellington called One Sixteenth Creative, um, who did yeah. all of the all of the design work for and free. It's beautiful. And it's genuinely yeah. beautiful. The book. Yeah. Um, th- they were just amazing. Um, my mate Dan, who's a photographer, Dan Whiting, did all of the photography for free. Um, I've never done any food styling, but... Nick did all the food styling and did a really good job. Just turned myself into a food 
We just recruited a lot of different hand models. My children were delighted to be included in that pool. Just grabbed pretty much anyone I've ever met and said, "Come on, can I take photos of your hands? Can I borrow your kitchen? Yeah, (laughs) and can you get your hands dirty so we can take a photo of it? We wanted everything to kind of be." A bit practical and you know not not too beautiful because that's not too styled and that's yeah. how we are. Um, no yeah. tablecloth and folded swans in the background. No, 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 no. It's no, no. <laughs> um, just not us. Yeah, so we made a cookbook. Awesome. That's uh, yeah. That's I mean, the motivation behind the cookbook, other than people really wanted it, um, was because as a fledgling you know, charity. We are a registered charity, but we've only been a registered charity for about 15 or 16 months now. And access to grant funding is a challenge at best, but when you're a baby organisation, it's even harder. You've got to show years of of audited accounts and things like that, which is just impossible when you're starting. You know, it's just one of those things you have to have done the time. And so we were like, well, how do we we solve this problem of us doing far too many hours outside of our normally hectic lives um so we just went well let's find the money ourselves let's get creative about it so the cookbook's been really successful and it will enable us to employ someone for about six months um and hopefully we'll that figure will, out the next six months that after will that. help us you know part of their job will help us to be sustainable enough to keep them employed <laughs> we're just kind of taking the approach that if people aren't going to give us money we should make know, it we need to find out find ways to make it ourselves so mm-hmm. where did that has that always been kind of your philosophy or is this something that's oh. evolved as, as Good Bitches Bacon's evolved? Okay. I think neither of us are particularly just sit and wait for someone to hand it to you yeah. kind of people. Um, you know, as a self-employed person, I have to go out and find jobs, um, I'm, get people to contract me. Um, I'm the same. Yeah, and I – yeah, I – yeah, but I, I think also because we've got a background in marketing, both of us have done bits of that at various points in our lives. That it, it's probably a logical kind of well, there's an easy way to solve that problem. Let's sell something, you know, um, or or whatever, run an event or or whatever. But I think from the get go, we realised that if we if we wanted if we needed funding, we should probably try and be pragmatic and figure it out ourselves. And then if we can get grants and all of those other things, which are fully our intention, um, that's a nice icing on the top rather than sort of early stage dependency. Um, Very cool. Um, and next steps for you guys is do you, do you have a plan or is it just a let's see where it goes? Um, well, our immediate focus is to hire someone um, to kind of, give us some comfort that we're getting all the basics right and giving the right support to chapters and things to free us up to figure out what's next. Um, so I think for Good Bitches Baking, um, it will just be more growth. Um, you know, we don't cover all of New Zealand yet. There Eventually still, we will reach capacity, but we're not there yet. Yeah. There are still um, places where we don't have chapters where they could have chapters. So, um, you know, once we've hired someone, it will just be um, – Going to the point where we've reached capacity, and then and then maintaining that, and making sure that people are having a great time volunteering with us. We have no intention of going international. We have a lot of yes. pressure from we get people, approached um, to to set up in other countries, and we've kind of just said we're happy to hand over all of our systems and you know all of the um, intellectual property behind it, but. Um, no. You, you go and create something <laughs> yeah. similar, but people, no, no, I'm not doing it for you. you no one has yet. There's a couple of people who've who've thought about it seriously, but we're very honest in how much work it actually is, and that 
has to date scared everyone off. <laughs> I think it would have scared us off had we approached somebody going, oh, I like your idea, can I replicate it? If somebody had told me, you know, this is exactly how much work it's going to be, I probably would have been scared off myself, but we didn't have a choice. We'd started it, you know. We'd let the, <laughs> this is too late now. We'd let the cat out of the bag. We've been holding the tiger by the tail ever since, literally <laughs> kind of holding on for grim death. Yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, mind blank. <laughs> I had another question for you. It'll come back, though. Um, what we might do, though, is I might ask you the questions that I ask everyone. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I didn't send these through to you guys beforehand. On I've the just, spot. I've, I've On just, the spot. I, I did tell you about four, 25 <laughs> minutes ago what they were, but we've been talking since then, so you haven't had too much of a chance to think. First question, though, is can you tell me about a time that you failed and what you learned from it? Oh, God. I hate these questions. <laughs> <laughs> in a job interview. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be big. Uh, a tiny one um, was uh, last Christmas, and not the one being the one before, we um, we got involved in an uh, initiative with Kiwi Bank. Um, Good Bitches Baking partnered with Kiwi Bank to, to do some cool stuff about spreading the love around Christmas and stuff and being kind. Um, <laughs> and I'm an extrovert. Like, I'm – you know, I'm pretty happy talking to strangers and I'm pretty happy talking to people, but I've discovered that if you stick a video camera in front of my face, <laughs> my brain vacates the premises and they were trying to interview us. <laughs> and, you know, I had the line, like I'd been fed the line, you know, it was all staged. It was, you know, like for an internal video, it wasn't even anything significant, but this huge camera was like right in front of my shoulder, like right in front of me and I fucked it up over and over and over again. And I felt like such an idiot. Like, oh, come on, Marie, you talk for a living, basically. You, What's wrong with you? And I just, in the end, Nick had to do it. I just, I, I completely it, failed. It was actually hilarious. <laughs> I felt like such a fuckwit. <laughs> so that's a tiny failure, but it was an embarrassing one. Yeah. Have you, have you been filmed since? Uh, yeah, we did a, a TV interview after that uh, for TV3. I think that was after that. And no, I think it was before that. I think it's different for an interview, but it was literally it was it was more like you know, I, I was there by myself and I was expected to say a whole series of mm. things in the right order, and I just I just couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I was bad. Um, I'm having a mind blank. <laughs> <laughs> I fail at things all the time. Um, I'm just struggling to think of one. It's okay. Um, so you you fail at things on, oh, on a consistent all the time. basis. Yeah. yeah, I have this really bad tendency to just like fall in love with an idea and decide to do it without actually thinking anything through um, before committing to it. And then I'm quite good at you know thinking and planning and 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 getting stuff done. But um, can't remember where I was going with this. Sometimes they don't work. Yeah. Mm. Um, how do you how do you move on from those failures? Uh, you just kind of brush them aside and, and keep going. Well, no, I like to kind of think about um, why why it went wrong and and mm. see if we can not do that again. Mm. Um, like slightly related to Marie's example in the interview that we did with TV Three, um, I like I've trained other people to be media spokespeople, so I should have known this that even if the journalist says it's not part of the interview. Anything you say is 
is always is. part of the So um, we were being interviewed and she was lovely. And um, she's like, I'm just going to chat to you for a while while they set the cameras up. And I was just being a complete dick, you know, and <laughs> talking about Nigella Lawson and you're like all of the stupid things that in my head I was, had been saying, don't say stupid things about Nigella Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were just kind of assing around in my kitchen and she was talking to us and we thought, it wasn't the interview. And then she goes, great, we've got, we've got everything, everything we, we need. need. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like something I've warned this other people like about. 101, you know, um, PR 101. You know, and, and trained other people to do. And then I did it myself, you know, with, without even thinking. And so I, I was not happy with a PR <laughs> on TV3 talking about Nigella Lawson. Um, did Nigella watch it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, we just appeared kind of way more frivolous and stupid than we might have wanted yeah. to on the telly. Um, so, yeah, like I thought about that afterwards and thought, okay, you know, next time I do yeah. a TV interview, I'll, I'm, uh, assuming I'm, I'm just going to shut get-go. up until, um, and, until the interview's on. <laughs> and, <laughs> that, and that the interview is on as soon as the reporter is there. Yes. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. It doesn't work like that with podcasts. No. <laughs> thankfully. I told you when I hit record and that's when, yeah. that's when it started. Yeah. The little lights flashing. We know, we know we're on. Yeah. This yeah. is fine. Um, Nigella, if you're out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe tag Nigella and I'll put this out so that she can have a listen and, and let you uh, yeah, get back to you guys. And say, no, no, it's me. Um, cool. What was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it? We had one just recently. Um, so we get asked a lot um, to speak at things mm-hmm. um, and kind of getting a little bit more and more um, lately. And so we we made a decision, and mostly it was actually to, to try and... Purely pragmatic. Try and not mm-hmm. talk by saying we would only talk at things um, if there was some financial benefit to the charity. And this was like quite a step because... Like putting a value if, on your story is. It felt pretty ballsy. Mm. Quite a full To just even to make do. that decision, yeah. let alone follow it through when we were given the. Yeah, so we like kind of um, were really hesitant to, to do it. And, and then I just jumped in and went. Um, well, Marie kind of said to the, to the woman, um, you know, we've made this decision. And then I, she wanted to know how much, <laughs> we how much we wanted. And we're like, fuck, we don't know. <laughs> um, so I got, a, I got a bit of advice, and um, and I remember something my brother, who's like an amazing sales pe- person, always says: is the person who says their number first loses. Um, so I said, "What's your usual fee?" And for uh, events like yeah. this, mm. and she came. It was a corporate event, so yeah. it wasn't. It's and not yeah. for another people charity. Were buying tickets for, um, and she came back with a number that was about four times more than we'd. We'd had in our head. Um, <laughs> we're like, shit. <laughs> um, okay, now we have to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, but the the kind of act of deciding that um, our thoughts and our story, we could put a value on them and a price on them, and that people would be prepared to pay, it was 
really difficult, like surprisingly mm. difficult. And really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I, I mean, think we're still processing it because this is literally happening this, in the, you know, these conversations yeah. that have been taking place over the last few days. So, um, And now I feel uncomfortable about the prospect of giving this speech. <laughs> yeah, because now we're getting paid for it, yeah. so we have to be good. <laughs> I feel like I have to be grown up. <laughs> so, yeah. Are they okay with swearing? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a hell of a lot of choice. Are we called they, good bitches baking? They know, you know what our name is. Um, and uh, I think she approached us because she'd seen our TED Talk, so mm-hmm. we swore in that to the extent that Ted would let us. Mm. Um, we did have to dial it back slightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she knows what she's for. <laughs> yeah. Her yeah. audience might not, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, and what's the, what's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do? That speech. That speech. <laughs> That's in a month or so. Yeah. Uh, um, look, I, I think um, hiring someone is an uncomfortable. will be uncomfortable, um, you know, because it, it's a massive decision and um, even before we've scoped the job and and advertised it, we've had people saying, I hear that you're yeah, um, they're coming, you know, thick and fast already. And we haven't um, even advertised and sending us it. these CVs and, and things yeah. like that. And um, you know, we we and the other board members will all have you know kind of different motivations for um, fulfilling that job. And I think um, I think coming to the right decision will be really difficult for all of us. And and also for because the two of us have done so much of it ourselves for so long that. Figuring out how to offload that and mm. and not feel guilty that you're just giving the shit jobs to someone, you know what I mean? Like, or, yeah. or you know, or, or feel like that's what you're doing when actually no, that's the job they've signed up to do. So I think there'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting, but good. Yeah, yeah. will it be a bit challenging, kind of relinquishing some of the yeah. control that you've had as well. I that? think so. Yeah, and um, because we never started this thinking it would end up being what it was. We never thought that it would mean we'd end up being on TV and, and doing TED Talks and things like that. And that's that certainly was never our intention and no. not something that either of us particularly liked doing. So, you know, I think um, in the next year or so, we'll be wanting to kind of step back from the front line, the front of it mm. and um, letting chapter head bitches, you know, do the local media spokespeople and, and training someone up you know, maybe another board member or something, someone like that to to be the face of it. And although, like, I'm desperate to get to that point because I, I really don't like doing it, um, I think that will be quite hard as well. Yeah, yeah. because it, we know it intimately. It's all in our yeah. heads, it, providing there's not a giant video camera in front of us. Well, it comes <laughs> out pretty well too, but... Um, and depending on how much big bubbles we struck. But... Uh, yeah, having to – I mean, I've done this before. I had my own business for a while and I was pretty good at it and then I got too busy and I needed to get somebody to help me do my job and effectively, you know, be another version of me. And the clients all said, you know, they could tell that somebody else had written the thing that, you know, those newsletters and stuff like that. And, you know, you didn't write this one, did you, Marie? You know, like they could tell straight away. And so having to having to upskill – get other people to be me in that kind of context because obviously whatever I was giving was the thing my customers wanted and I think I think it'll be a similar kind of experience of how do we you know how we how do we upskill these people to to say it the way we want to you know to yeah 
articulated as as well as we probably would. She says having failed to articulate the last few <laughs> sentences very clearly at all. Cool. Sounds like some interesting uh, but enjoyable challenges yeah. that you've got coming up. Uh, I remember the question that I was going to ask you before, <laughs> and it's actually about it's about the name, and you, you've kind <laughs> of explained it already, but. I'm assuming that it makes some people quite uncomfortable. Surprisingly fewer than you might think. Um, When we decided it, and remembering that we never intended it to be what it was, Mm. you know, initially coming up with a name and a little logo was primarily for our own amusement. Um, But when it got bigger, we consciously decided to keep it um, because it's authentic and it it's the phrase that we use, and it's what we wanted to call it. And um, we would never have been this successful if we'd called ourselves Maria Nick's Baking Circle. Or good Sheila's Baking, as <laughs> a DJ recently suggested, suggested to me. Um, but, you know, the word bitch, um, in our view, it, it's not a bad word. You know, we don't use it in a bad context. And we understand that other people do, but but that's kind of their choice and we've taken the approach that you know if if you're going to use a word to to try and demean um people we're just going to take it back um take it away use it in the way away. use it in the way that we want to and turn it into a good word so you know partly it's a um kind of feminist act. slightly feminist <laughs> um, and but mostly it it's tongue-in-cheek you know we're we are who we are. Yeah. That's what we say. And you, it is legitimately what we call yeah. each other. You, you know, you're a good bitch. It's in, in in our world. It's high praise, yeah. and it's gender neutral as well. We don't gender inclusive. I think gender inclusive. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's nice. we uh, uh, we've got plenty of boy bitches and yeah. child bitches. They love that. <laughs> they love it because they're allowed to swear. <laughs> um, but when we when we realised that this was going to be bigger than than just us. Um, and decided to keep going with the name. We did call some people who might rightly have a um, reason to be offended by the name. So we spoke to some people at Women's Refuge and places like that um, to see how they felt about it because um, if anyone has a right to be <laughs> offended by that sort of word, it would be them. Um, and she just about fell off her chair laughing. <laughs> Honestly, she laughed and um, laughed. And, you know, universally people like that love the name. Um, we've had a few recipients who choose not to um, thank us publicly because um, they don't want to use the name, which is totally okay. Is by completely us. fine. Okay. You know, like Salvation Army um, is a Christian organisation. They feel a bit wobbly about it, but um, they're happy to work with us. And um, you know, they they don't try to censor us. They just don't use the word themselves, which is totally okay. We're not after the glory. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah, su- surprisingly little um, negative feedback about it, and the the ones that we have had, um, you know, they're they're entitled to their views. Uh, they don't have to join us. Yeah, they don't have to donate to us. There's plenty of other organisations that they can choose to do good. Um, and that's usually by, our response. By contributing to that's you know, awesome. We don't yeah. mind. Why don't you Vol- go and do good somewhere else? Volunteer somewhere else. Don- donate to another organisation. You know, you don't. We're not the only avenue out there yeah. for. For making your community better. Cool. 
Guys, I've got two more questions for you. One's easy, one's a little bit more challenging. But first, I just want to say thanks for coming and getting uncomfortable with me today. It's been okay. very cool to, to sit down and, uh, and hear your story. Um, I just want to say thanks for your openness, your honesty. It's the most frank we've been oh, in any yeah. context like oh, this oh, before. Genuine, you, you guys both are. Um, it's been it's been awesome, and I want to thank you as well for all the great work that you're doing and spreading a bit more deliciousness and <laughs> reducing a wee bit like of shittiness. So first question, the easy one, if the listeners want to go out and support you guys, how do they do that? Um, depends if they want to join. Uh, they should go to our website and have a look and see if there's a chapter in the area and there's contact details there. So that's gbb.org.nz. Mm-hmm. Or if they want to give us cash, they can go to yeah, give, give a little. little. Um, or if they want to give us a lot of cash. Come to us directly. Um, or sponsor <laughs> us. Um, they can email hq at gbb.org.nz um, and... Now, we're actively looking for people to, to work with to help us. So if anyone thinks they can, they can help us family. out, mm. um, get in touch. Cool. Where can they get you a cookbook from? Um, also at gbb.org.nz. Um, there's a link to our um, online shop, uh, and there is maybe 10 left. Okay. <laughs> also, tea towels and pennies. But we do have tea towels and pennies, and we will be doing other merchandise items yeah. in the not-too-distant future. Are you going to do another print of the book as well? We're I talking so, about yeah. it at the moment, yeah. We're, the, the, the printing part is the, of the equation is the only part that's cost us in terms of dollars, yeah. and um, we're just weighing up that we might want to do one before Mother's Day might be a, mm-hmm. the next sort of print run. Great marketing boy. Um, <laughs> but we don't think we've exhausted the... The market. The market yeah. just yet. And we're getting some lovely feedback from people who have been baking things in it, which has been really lovely. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So that was the easy question. <laughs> the slightly harder one now is before we go, do you guys have any advice or life lessons or interesting facts to leave me and the listeners with? <laughs> Don't um, get drunk and start a charity. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> That could. That was actually meant to be the title of our TED talk, but they they, they changed they it. Changed. On. <laughs> oh, um, so yes, don't get drunk and start a charity, children. Um, no, I but think if you do. The, <laughs> the primary thing I I've, I've learned from this is that um, there is enormous power in action, um, no matter how small it is. If you don't like what you see or you feel uncomfortable with. Um, whatever's happening in your neighbourhood, you can do something about it. And small actions add up to other actions. They give other people hope that th- things can be better, um, sparks other people to to take an action to, to improve things. So um, don't ever feel that you're helpless. You're not. You can, you can change the world however you want to. Even if it's just a, with a slice of cake. Thanks again for getting uncomfortable with us today, guys. Really appreciate you guys spending your time uh, listening listening to us today. Um, and if you want to thank us for this even further, just make sure to share the episode out from your local, uh, your favorite podcast app. Um, and while you're there, hit subscribe too. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Just helps get the episode out into more people's ears and uh, hopefully have a bit more enjoyment. Now, the big takeaway that uh, I got from from chatting with Nick and Marie today 
um, is that there's enormous power in taking action, no matter how small it is. So if you don't like what you see, or that you feel uncomfortable with what's happening in your neighborhood, you can definitely go and do something about it. That's what Good Bitches Baking's done, and that's what they continue to do. Hope you guys have a great week, and looking forward to uh, chatting with you again soon.